everybody. Welcome to the Mental Health Comedy Hour with Ed Krasnick and Jennifer Kalari, who's coming up in just a minute. What are you listening to? Well, it's a good question. Okay, well, we unite comedy and mental health. We talk to comedians. We talk to artists of all kinds. Uh, we talk about well-being, resilience. Uh, we unite comedy and mental health. Mental health is a big topic in our world, but it is not yet a big practice. And so what we try to do on the show is actually not only talk about these issues that we all have and feel, but actually talk about, talk about and show how you can practice them. Because they're really simple things that you can do every day that can not only help your mental health, but we rewire your brain, which is really kind of the most important thing. Because uh, as we'll find out shortly, this is all habitual. It's all a program. And it's all about how we relate to our thoughts and feelings. We know what a physical fitness is, but what is emotional fitness? Well, maybe we'll find out. Um, and that's why Jennifer Kalari is here. Now, she's an expert in the field of mental health, resilience, parenting skills, rewiring your brain. And, um, and Jennifer has a wonderful organization that she's founded called ConnectedParenting.com, ConnectedParenting.com that teaches through education, through videos, through content, skills that parents and people can practice. It's about parenting and it's also about self-parenting. Now our guest today, very excited because she's a dear friend, an old friend, a terrific comedian, terrific actress, and you have seen her in so many different shows. Uh, she's been on The Tonight Show, the, the real Tonight Show, nine times, nine times on The Tonight Show. Shows like Modern Family, Mad Men, Pretty Little Liars, you name it. And she is none, o- and she is none other than Kathy Ladman. And Kathy, welcome to the Panicdemic. And also, um, I have to say, uh, welcome to a show. We're going to talk a little bit about love and fear today. Um, Good, and um, I'm happy to be here, and I'm assuming that I will represent the before picture, Yes, you will be the before, yes. Right. We'll both be before, yes, we're both before. Um, Okay. And and, um, I guess one thing, Jennifer, is you were the one, Jennifer was the one who told me that there, you mentioned that there are only really two emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And would you spell them out? You got to tell Kathy about this because. <laughs> sure. Well, yeah. I mean, we have lots of emotions, but primarily we have love, right? And yeah. then we have fear. And so That's anger. That's what I thought the answers were. Yes, I see? thought it was love and fear. So now you're I the thought... expert already. <laughs> awesome. Wow. An expert. Yes. <laughs> but really, like, like anger and gossip and cheating and lying and, you know, violence and aggression, all of it is just fear. All of it. Anyone who is angry, upset, bitter, they're in pain right? And that pain comes from fear. And so when we operate where we service that fear, when we make any choices, decisions, conversations, and it's fear that's coming through, it's never going to steer us in the right direction. It's never going to work out that well for us. When it's lined up with love, what's best for you, what's best for that person, and who, and being the best version of yourself in that moment, which we're going to be all over the place with, but if that's what we're shooting for, then it's going to work much, much better in, in all areas of your life. So that, yeah, two emotions, love and fear. And Kathy, where are you right now? I am, you mean as far as, uh, I'm not, not, you don't want to know if I'm in my living room. You want to know where I'm at with my emotions, correct? No, I was actually asking you where you are physically. Are you in your living? No, no, but where, where, where are you? Like, how do you ping pong between those two? And how does it, um, how does it happen for well, you? Well, you know, um, I know when I'm in fear, it's when I'm not feeling good, mm-hmm. you know, it, and, and 
where am I? I think I'm I'm somewhere between I'm somewhere between the two. I think in some ways I'm I'm in love in um in certain areas of my life, but in then you know I have to sit down and do some work this afternoon that intimidates me and I'm in fear and I know that that is not going to help me produce the best work. I know that it's not going to be most favorable for me. So it would be, it would behoove me to get into a loving place with this project. And how do you do that? How do you do that? Like what works for you? What is it that, that actually works for you? Um, well, staying in the moment, not projecting into the future, just remind myself that I, I'm in today. And that's all I have is, is the moment. Um, breathing helps me. Hmm. And, um, and saying the serenity prayer helps me. Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, yeah, well, you know, Jennifer just said, we said something that was kind of funny, but it reminded me of something. And she said, you're always standing in a canoe. Yes. And, and, and always that, trying to balance. Yes. Always trying to balance. And when you say the serenity prayer, uh, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of words and that kind of mm-hmm. intention. I mean, first of all, it, it puts an intention into you that you are you are trying to be you're you're being loving of yourself and you're being loving to something greater than yourself. Mm-hmm. And so that that always uh, can work, you know, that always can work. I mean, sometimes my thing is I have to get to a place to even get there sometimes. Like there's another bridge to get to the serenity. Um, and right. I don't know what that is sometimes. Sometimes I need a safe word or I need a mantra. Something right. I can just do in the moment, even if it snapped my fingers, just to take me, you know, to stop. Thich Nhat Hanh speaks about it. He says that stopping is actually an action. It's a right. very positive action. Pausing, stopping. Right. Pausing is great. That's a great tool. And, you know, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, Ed, but one day I was driving in a valley and I saw this, um, there was a sign at, at this dry cleaner that had these removable black letters like they would have on a movie marquee. Mm-hmm. And it said, worry is the misuse of the imagination. Oh, I love that. Wow. I've never seen that, and, but that's great. And, you know, all, you know, when you worry, all you're doing is projecting into the future something bad, which you have no control over. In the serenity prayer, it's like separating the things that you can change from the things that you can't change. Results are always out of our hands. Mm. Um, you know, the choices that we make are is, is some, something we can do. We can make our own choices, mm-hmm. but we, the results are out of our hands. Uh, Jennifer, if you have someone who has a particular thing, like Kathy was saying, there's a project coming up, there's work that she has to do, and she can feel herself starting to, you know, you know, there's a pull to go into that direction. Mm -hmm. What do you, what do you do? What do you, how do you, what's a, what's a quick, uh, kind of thing that you can do? Okay. So I have a couple of ideas, but, but, but I also want to say, first of all, Kathy, that's, that's, it's such a profound thing that we think we all kind of need to understand that when you're anxious, you're inserting yourself into the future and living it as if it's happened already when it hasn't. Right. And when you're depressed, you're actually inserting yourself into the past and living that over and over again. Right. Mm. So that's why the serenity, I love that because in the moment, in the now, unless something's chasing you, um, you're okay. Right. So, so that's, I think a really important part. And, and the other piece of that is we can never control conditions in our life. Never. 
And the more you try, the more anxious and exhausted you get. And you certainly can't control other people. You can't. No, but no what you, way. Right, never. But what you can control is your own emotional response to those conditions. That you always have control over, right? Now, that's not easy. And that's why we're having this conversation today. Is there ways that you can learn to do that? The other thing before I give a tip, though, is anxiety gets a bad rap. Fear gets a bad rap. We absolutely need it in our life. If you weren't afraid of this thing that you're supposed to do this afternoon, you're going to be like, I'll scribble some crap down. It'll be fine, right? You, you have to, to care about something, to want to put yourself into it. You have to have a certain level of anxiety about it. If you're not anxious, you're going to cross the street and go, ah, the cars will wait for me. It's fine, right? Like anxiety is self-preservatory. It loves us. It wants to keep us alive and it thinks it's doing a fantastic job. It's just when that anxiety gets out of control, when it really starts to turn into severe anxiety or fear, um, and there's sort of two kinds of anxiety. There's like useful anxiety. Oh, that bookshelf's gonna fall on me. I better get out of the way. That's useful mm. anxiety. Useless anxiety is what if I screw that up? What if I just wrote that exam and I failed? What if that person doesn't like me after I met them for lunch? If it's happened in the past, there's nothing you can do about it already, mm. right? So mm -hmm. really looking at how is, the, how is this fear, this anxiety, because everything has two sides of the same stick, can, how can that serve me in this moment? And it's going to, if you, it's going to make you care enough that you're going to be pretty diligent and really think about it. Where you don't want to get so afraid is that your frontal lobe, which is the part of the brain that organizes, prioritizes, actually where your creativity and connections come from. If that's shut off and you're literally in fight or flight, then you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, I mean, I I feel that that sometimes I trip myself up because I I want to be able to approach this with some amount of joy. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yep. It's like when I when I do my knitting, I I'm never in fear. I'm always just in. I'm I'm in love with what I'm doing, Ugh, and, and I get lost yeah. in it. And you're and in that I'm moment, doing, one stitch at yes. a time, right? Yes. Yes. So and can doing, you? Yes. Go ahead. Well, I'm just gonna say, can you apply that? that idea of how you feel when you're knitting to whatever this project is that you have to do, right? If it's word by word, sentence by sentence, thought by thought, yeah, yeah. just like knitting, um, that can help you a lot. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Certainly getting yourself into a place where, you know, it's interesting, you know, that feeling of anxiety, it's almost like, um, it's like you can feel, it's like your stomach's gonna drop out. <laughs> we know that yes. feeling. Yes. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. If you can, this is such a crazy thing, but you have to kind of work with me here. If you can reverse that, so you actually feel, and excitement is the reverse of that, right? Excitement yeah. is, oh my God, this is great, right? If you can actually find this place in your own stomach to kind of pull the energy back up, like this is great. I'm really happy that I get to do this. And it sounds so simple and it takes a little bit of practice. But if you can do that, you'll actually send a very different signal to your brain. Then your brain says, oh, I'm excited. I'm yeah. not anxious. I'm excited. Right. So, so it's almost the same way that people are learning to deal with stress, where they're saying stress, this stress is actually preparing me. I'm getting, I'm getting ready for something. I'm excited about something. It's actually mm -hmm. preparing me. And, instead, and, the, and then the stress works differently in your body, literally, physically. Because it has it a different, different context, right? And if you say to yourself, this is creative energy, this isn't anxiety, this is creative energy. And I've, right. I've given this tip before, but this is really important. If, you, if it starts to tip over into fear, then you literally say to yourself, I'm not participating in that. I don't agree to this. I'm not agreeing to be scared about this right now. 
Okay. I'm agreeing to be excited, but I'm not agreeing to be scared. And it's so interesting how sometimes we just think in these patterns and we don't realize we can absolutely stop the pattern, especially if we end up doing it with some kind of um, diligence, right? If it's something that we're constantly thinking about, we can mm-hmm. change the way that our body and our brain operates and our thinking and our biochemistry is so tightly connected that the limbic system doesn't know that it's a, a, whatever you're doing this afternoon. It thinks something's going to eat you. Well, she, she's upset because something's going to attack her. Something's going to mm-hmm. jump out at her. I'm not going to let her do that thing. I'm not going to take her out of fight or flight because what if she gets attacked? Mm. Right? And nobody can think and, and plan and be creative and be open to um, you know, intuition if you're thinking of being attacked. <laughs> we don't do our Right, of course. You're right. <laughs> Yeah. So that context, context is really, it sounds so simple. And a, and a lot of the techniques that I teach really are ridiculously simple, but sometimes the best strategies are. I agree with you. Yeah, that's absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and it's also something that you can practice. The, these things are, is it easier to say those kinds of things? I mean, it's all made up. We're all making it up anyway. So if you're going to make yeah. up thoughts about what's going to happen that's going to kill you, that's really not, why not just make up, the, make up something about, you know, I really, I'm excited. I really love the creative, and I do. I love the creative process. I know what it feels like. It feels yeah. good. I have that feeling within me. That's not outside of me. Mm-hmm. That's actually something I've felt before. Right. And here we are in the canoe again, right? Because if you tip too much, mm-hmm. you tip over into panic. If you tip too right. much to the other side, right? You just want to be right in the center and that takes work. So I have a crazy strategy, which I don't know. I don't know how we can try this on the call, but maybe people that are listening can try it. So I call it taking 10 steps back. It is time once again for the Olympic Games, the Olympic Games. And what this is, is we work on the limbic system. The limbic system is where in your brain, all of the fight, flight, or freeze reactivity is. And so Jennifer's always got some great tips, some great skills, some great things that we can practice. So welcome to the Olympic Games. So, Kathy, are you in a space where you could actually move around a little bit? Oh, yeah. Okay. And Ed, you can try this too if you can. Sure. So basically, you imagine this project, whatever this thing is that you have to do this afternoon, and imagine that you're standing right in front of it, and it's literally right in front of your nose. And yeah. you will probably feel an escalation in anxiety when you think of that thing right in front of you. Okay? Yes. Yeah. Now, what I want you to try, look behind you so you don't fall, but I want you to try to take 10 fairly big steps away, leave, your, leave the project where it is, you're taking okay. 10 steps back from it. Okay? Confident okay. 10 steps back. Okay. And then tell me when you're 10 steps back. Okay. I'm, I'm 10 steps back. Okay. Now, think about the project. Can you feel a shift? Do you feel a difference? Yes. Isn't that weird? Now, take 10 steps to the side so you're even farther away from it. Oh, yeah. I don't have a very big play. Take as much as you can. Or All even right. imagine, 10 imaginary steps even will help. Okay, I'll, I'll do as much as I can. Okay. All right. Now think of it okay. again. How do you feel? It's, it's, I feel calmer. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Such a simple thing. So before you sit down to do that this afternoon, do your mm-hmm. breathing. Tell yourself, okay. I don't agree to be nervous. Stay in the center. Stay in the now. 
Um, we were talking in another episode too, but whenever you have a project or something that you're working on, if you say, oh, I have to, if that's how you're starting, you're already going to have biochemistry that matches right. that and your limbic system right. you're in danger. So you say, I'm excited, I'm creative, and I get to, that will help. Right. And then do the 10 steps back. Right. And, 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 and the, yeah. it's basically a perspective shift. Mm -hmm. Yes. A physical perspective about an emotional yes. thing. Yeah. And the limbic yeah. system, honestly, it's so dumb, the limbic system. It does not, all it cares about is, are you nuts? Why are you standing in front of a thing that's going to attack you? Are you crazy? So it right. doesn't care what you do. It just wants you to do something. <laughs> so if right. you take some steps back, continuing to imagine that thing far away from you, now when you, now when you go to sit down at your desk or wherever you're going to create this, whatever yes. you're working on, yes. you'll start from a different place. Right. So, That's so if you're great. listening, Thank it's, you. it's amazing, you're right? I mean, if you're listening, if you're listening to this, unless you're in a car, unless you're in a speeding vehicle, yes, actually <laughs> take actually take the steps. If you're in a car, take them, take them in your thoughts, and it's taking steps. It's the 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 thing of it is is it's the the, the way you think about things. Either way. The happiness of your life, this was said by Marcus Aurelius, a Roman emperor in 70 AD. He said this. <laughs> um, he was the original Pinterest. Um, he said, that the, quali <laughs> the, the, the happiness of your life depends on the quality of your thoughts. So true. Yes, yes. And he was a million laughs. Marcus Aurelius <laughs> performed at the punchline in Constantinople, killed... Killed, he destroyed. Killed on the steps of the Senate, I believe. He did. <laughs> he, did. he killed, and then he killed. Um, <laughs> he was. He was. He was always standing in a canoe, literally. And, uh, and he was. But the things that he said was incre were incredible. Uh, you know, back at the beginning of time, back then. At any rate, um, I have to tell you that you know we always have a sponsor, and today's. I wish I had a sponsor, and today's sponsor. He has no more fears shampoo. It's gentle enough for a baby. It's strong enough for an inner child. It has a detangler. It changes your fear about your hair, your brain chemistry that produces worry. It's available in, in anxious amino acid, jittery juniper, and root wellbutrin. Wash those fears right out of your brain with no more fears. Um, so now, uh, and, and so Kathy, um, now you're also a parent. Yes, and so I am. how does this all, you know, are there things that you do in parenting that sort of reflect where where it sort of boomerangs back to wow, that is something that I should really be doing with myself or or vice or or, or does it work in the reverse order? Um Oh, let me ask oh, you, let oh, me ask I, a better question. Okay. Let me ask Go a ahead. better question. How do you self-parent? What kind of a relationship do you have? Do you think that you are are you are you a gentle parent, or what does that what does it take for you well, to be that? I, I can be. I, I was taught to be a very punishing parent, so I have internalized that, and it's it's um, it's been a, a lifelong project for me to um, be a gentle, loving parent to myself um, because that's not. That's not the groove that was worn in my brain. Um, so I need to step back often and remind myself of that to be right. accepting, accepting and loving of myself. Mm, mm. And, and, and are you, uh, 
and you uh, and you have ways of of doing that. Of you can feel yourself going down, you know, the old road and and sort of get get back on the on the other road. You can you can feel that when it happens. Well, absolutely. I mean, uh, last night i i did a I did a show and I didn't like the way it went and. Damned if I didn't wake up this morning and that was like the first thought on my mind. And that's a punishing parent. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that's, that's something that I'm very used to. I'm very used to punishing myself for something that, that didn't go the way I, I was hoping it would went, I hope, hoping it would go. Mm-hmm. And um, um, it's uncomfortable. I hate it. I, I, I don't like being in that space at all. It feels, it feels rotten. Yeah, so Jennifer, we were talking about this <clears throat> this before, but <clears throat> a lot of people wake up with this. Sure. Yep. And so what can you do to to kind of like you know, sort of orient yourself? Sure. Because because so many of us have I have this too. We you wake up and you think immediately what's what's wrong with this picture? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of us are like that. And it it's interesting mm-hmm. because you know, in this series, you know, comedians tend to be really sharp, really smart, and often gifted um, intellectually, which is no gift, trust me. Um, but as <laughs> you have this brain that just is punishing and it's fractalizing and it divides things into tinier and tinier pieces, and you have like this runaway mind, which, which is, you know, when it's working for you, is phenomenal right? You're on stage. You're like, people are with you. You're in the zone. It's unbelievable. And it's the same intelligence and fractalizing in the other way that makes you so brilliant and funny and aware. But the shadow of that is a nightmare, right? So what's so difficult, and this is true for any artist, really, um, that when your brain works against you like that, it is, it is literally punishing. And that's a really good example of useless anxiety. That show is done. I mean, you can certainly say what I could do better. And, and the hardest parts, even when it's trauma in our childhood or painful things that have happened to us, and, it, and, it, and I don't mean in any way to suggest that we all need to be super grateful for the terrible things that happened to us. But having said that, it is often the difficult things that happen to us and the trials that we've been through and the pain that we've experienced that actually gives us our best strengths. Absolutely. I, you know, somebody said recently, and I don't know who said it or in what, in what context it was, but I wrote it on a post-it and it, it, she, the person said, things don't happen to me. They happen for me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, and that, that's so brilliant because what it does is that you can either sit in this space as a victim. Mm-hmm. You know, I suck. Terrible things have happened to me. Terrible things are always going to happen to me. It's just, I'm, I have the worst luck. Like we have to really think about what are the stories we tell ourselves? What are the programs that we just run automatically without even questioning them? I'm mm. a procrastinator. I'm a negative person. I'm a this, I'm a that. We say these things to ourselves all mm. the time. We fundamentally believe it. And mm. our limbic system just rolls with it. It's like, okay, you're like that. I'll give you more of that. I can do that. Right. That's what's keeping right. us alive. We can, we can keep doing that. So understanding that either you can be a victim or you can be a learner, a student, a mover and a shaker. How am I going to take this experience and make myself better and make it better and be funnier, right? So you're yeah. allowed to feel like crap. Of course, you're not going to turn into a robot. 
it doesn't right. feel good to, to miss the mark or whatever. And most of the time, honestly, we're, it's never as bad as we think it is. Almost never. No, it generally isn't. You're yeah. right. Yeah. And then we just, we're inserting ourselves into a future event again and living it. Why do we do that to ourselves? But yet we do. I remember there was an episode of Frasier. I used to love that show. And oh, Frasier yeah. was doing his radio show and he had all these call-ins, people saying he was amazing and wonderful. Hundreds of calls. And then one person called in and went, eh. And then the whole episode is Frasier, like being obsessed with that and like going into uh, the self-loathing and trying to track the person down so he right. could talk to them and make it right. And right, it's, it's like that's, we have this crazy negativ negativity bias sometimes. Um, yes, I mean, uh, most comedians, you, I'll talk to me, comedians and they'll say they'll always, they'll always find the person in the room who's not laughing. The whole room can be laughing and there's one person who's not, right. not getting it and that's what we focus on. <laughs> right, and so there's two things there. One, it's probably not you, okay? Everyone yes. is laughing, it's them. They have a problem, right? It's context. What happened to that poor person? What has gone on in their life? That, right. that can't even laugh when everybody else is laughing, right? So one of my favorite strategies that I give parents and, and clients of mine is if somebody is miserable or they're critical or they're nasty or they're angry, that person is in pain. They are in pain. And it says everything about them and probably nothing about you. And that one face not laughing drives you to be funnier, mm -hmm. right? That's the thing. We have to really appreciate, truly, I mean, obviously not if something truly horrendous happens, but the, the little kind of regular bumps and contours and contrasts that we have in life make us human, make us better, make us funnier, make us kinder. Like we, mm -hmm. we have to appreciate the negative things that happen the same way that we appreciate the positive. And you'll never have freedom. None of us will ever have freedom until we can do that. Right. You know, I mean, it, go ahead, Ed. No, go ahead, Kath. That's fine. No, I was just going to say, it, it, um, uh, there was another quote that I, that I had pulled years ago that um, said that life has to be, life is, is like music, and music without highs and lows is just, it's it's it, it needs it needs to have it needs to have both things in order to be music in order to be melodic absolutely absolutely yeah yeah and you don't listen to the music for it to be over you can't oh wait can't wait for this piece of music to end like <laughs> right. you're right. in it with all those highs and lows feeling it right that's right. what it means to be human and it sucks sometimes it really does yeah. but yeah. it has to suck in order to actually feel real joy right and that's the now we're back in the canoe. Right. right, right, right. Back in the canoe. Well, I, I should get a job as an interpreter because an emotional interpreter, that's my <laughs> new job because I interpret everything and I make it me, I make it have meaning. And so right. I can tell you exactly what, and the meaning of course is always projected through this filter. But I had a teacher once who said this, he said, you know, when you look at your life and you look at it like a projector and a screen, most people go to change the screen. You really need to change the projector. You know, right. it, mm -hmm. what, it's right. not coming from the screen. Right. It's coming from the lens of what, the way you're looking at things. So what's mm -hmm. right with this picture? What's right with this picture? And, and that's something that, you know, I really don't ask. And I love this thing of I don't have to, I get to. Because mm -hmm. I'm like yes. you, Kathy. Kathy, you and I are a lot like this. As soon as we think something, we think, oh, I have to do it. And then it becomes right. pressure, 
Even the things mm-hmm. you love become a pressure. And so instead it's, I get to, I get and to. And the second your limbic system thinks it's something you don't want to do, it assumes there's something lurking behind something that's going to jump on you. Right? You really have to understand how primal and how powerful the limbic system actually is. And it's really dumb. What? It loves Why you. Why is crazy. It- what is the what, what's the limbic, the limbic system? system? So yeah. the, the limbic system is that primal part of your brain that is only interested in survival. Oh, it doesn't okay. care about context. It all it cares about is will this kill me? That's it. Right. And if you're right. upset, it assumes that it's going to kill you. The frontal right. lobe is the part of the brain that inhibits, organizes, prioritizes, motivates, creates, makes connection. That's, that's the, the working part of the brain where that, all that higher, um, higher order thinking exists. But mm-hmm. the, the limbic system can shut all of that off in a heart right. if it thinks you're in danger. Right. And it, and it right. often does. Right. And that's how we end up living our lives with our emotions controlling us instead of us controlling our emotions. Right. And most of us aren't even taught to understand that we can and do control our emotions all the time. And we need to teach our children this too. And we need to model this for our children. Yes. Because they, we lead by example. And, right. and this is this is the Olympic Games. That's what we call it. We call it the <laughs> Olympic Games. We have that that segment of the show, and Jennifer teaches uh, you know how to how to rewire because we all need this rewiring because, like she says, it is a program. It's something that we habitually practice over and over again, and it becomes like mm-hmm. a computer program, a story that we tell ourselves every time, and the story has absolutely no truth. It is not a true story. It's Mm -hmm. not even a true story. It's just a story. I want to just, uh, this is kind of something years ago, um, Andy Kindler and I started talking about something, but this is something, you know, we're we're looking, as we do the show, we're looking at different things. And another thing that we're looking into is maybe maybe some different toys or products. I mean, I think people need toys and products and fun things that they can do. I think we're going to create a, um, a self-esteem flip book called flipping out and it'll be a book for adults that they can flip and they can actually put their self-esteem back um and they, they, can, they can flip through it that that'll be a thing that a thing that we can do um, it'll have to be an app too ed oh yeah you gotta go you gotta go for the app yeah um, and then and then there's, a, there's another thing called uh uh honey i have no time to breathe which is a little ebook. <laughs> which is about a balloon that forgets that it's okay to breathe. So when he goes into the dry cleaners, nobody can see him because he's not breathing. Um, So you fill up or you go on there. So honey, I have no time to breathe. Uh, Flipping out. But now today is, I was saying, Andy, we have psychotherapy word problems for today and beyond. Um, This is basically a psychotherapy word problem. And I'm going to ask you a quick question and you can answer it. One quick question, Kathy. Mary is going to a dinner at her mother's. She travels at a speed of 65 miles an hour. She brings a bun cake, a salad from Trader Joe's that is about to expire, and two (laughs) bottles of club soda. How long will it take her to arrive emotionally, and when will the resentment kick in? (laughs) Mary Mary should just go back in the house, I really think. (laughs) Just stop altogether. Mary really shouldn't go to her mother's. (laughs) <laughs> that's the first no, problem. I really that's, think she should not go to her mother. A yeah. huge mistake. A huge mistake. Yes. 
anyway, well, we'll listen. Uh, if there's if there's anybody listening right now, um, any of these things that we're talking about, you can try. Maybe you relate to them. Maybe you don't. You can write us. You can call us. You can download you can subscribe to the app find it wherever podcasts are the mental health comedy hour you've been listening to jennifer Kalari, who is a child and family therapist you can hear and see and learn from jennifer uh, on connectedparenting.com it's an amazing uh, organization that teaches that gives you skills uh, all kinds of content there. It's connected, the word connected, and then parenting.com. We talk a lot about self-parenting on the show. Today, you're listening to Kathy Ladman. And Kathy, you can find everything you need to know, all the shows, everything is at kathyladman.com, kathyladman.com. Um, and you're working on a show. You're working on a new solo show. Is that right? Yes, I am. Okay. And, uh, uh, it's called, uh, do you want me to tell you what it's called? Please. Uh, it's called, does this show make me look fat? And uh -huh. it's about my journey with, uh, anorexia from age 19 to today. Wow. Wow. Uh, but it covers a lot. I mean, it covers my whole life. It's very, that's fantastic that Powerful. you're doing that. So fantastic and very courageous. And, uh, and how is it going? How do you like it? How are you finding it? And. And, well, uh, I think it's going pretty well. The last reading I did, I got a lot more notes, which were really constructive. And I agree with them. I, uh, for the most part, I agree with them. And, um, and now I just have to take the time to implement them and, and uh, approach this with uh, excitement. In doing, in doing the show, in, in doing and working on this stuff, has it, what, how has it brought up or given you a different kind of perspective on, on anorexia and on what you've gone through? Well, it's very clear to me um, that this is a lifelong journey. This is not something that you're cured, that you, uh, you are cured of and that you don't have to look at anymore. This is something that will stay with me my whole life, but that I, I'm, I'm learning to manage and accept as I go, as I go down the road with it. Right. Right. And I imagine it's pretty, it's pretty therapeutic and also, um, and also an emotional experience in, in, in getting into this. And, but then there's it another, is. there's another part of it too, because it's still a show, right? So you're trying yes. to figure out how do I, this is again, standing in a canoe, how do I balance right. the truth of what this is emotionally with mm -hmm. what needs to stay in and what needs to be taken out to keep it moving forward? Right. That's, a, that's tough. That's a tough one. Yeah. But, um, but that's why I really appreciate the people who've been so kind to uh, listen to it and have given me really good notes. Yeah. So oh, you, it gives me... It, it's it such an important... Oh, sorry, Kathy. I was just going to no, say. No, I was just saying it gives me it gives me somebody else's perspective is what I was going to say. Of course, then it's a creation, but it's such an important conversation. And real comedy, real comedy comes from getting that balance just right, where somebody can right. laugh but see themselves and see hope. Right. right. And and anxiety, you know, eating disorders are direct are, are anxiety, and anxiety is a beast. It's a beast. Yes. It really is. It is. It is yes. a tough, tough thing. So that's mm -hmm. wonderful. Thank you for doing that. Oh, thank you for your encouragement. I appreciate it. 
Yeah. So this is the Mental Health Comedy Hour. And um, I really, you know, thanks for taking the taking the time, Kath. I appreciate it. Oh, well, um, I feel better. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. I do. Good. good. I really I like that. I feel more health take- than mental right now. I really, I really, I really, I love, uh, I really like that taking steps. And I think that that's that's an actual technique that people can use. And that's what I like about Jennifer and her work. It's, it's not only talk, it's, it's really things that you can actually do. And they're different things and they're creative and they're things that you don't hear all the time. And that's, uh, that's a new approach to, uh, to mental health. That's something that you do um, as in addition to something that you talk about, something that you do. Um, so thanks for listening everybody to the mental health comedy hour I'm Ed Krasnick thanks to Kathy Ladman thanks to Jennifer Kalari as always subscribe find us wherever podcasts are found keep coming back it works if you work it we will see you next time